0: Welcome to the Fourth Universalist service video. My name is Reverend Skylar Vogel. I'm the senior minister he- here at Fourth Universalist. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm so glad to be back with you doing these videos back in service and uh, ready for the start of the fall. What follows our selections from our service on September 12th, 2021, our homecoming Sunday and first Sunday back in person since the start of the pandemic. In this video, you will hear the reading and the reflection following that we hope you'll join us stick around for a lively discussion where myself and our director of religious education ember kelly dive deeper into the service theme together you're also invited to check out our video and audio podcast each week posted on our website facebook youtube instagram and your favorite podcast streaming sites we try to cover all the bases and if you like what you see please subscribe leave a positive review like comment share help spread the message of hope and love that Fourth Universalist is all about. Finally, we acknowledge that our community is located on the land of the Muncie Lenape peoples. We acknowledge that their their community, past, present, and future is alive. Fourth Universalist Society acknowledges that it was founded upon exclusions and erasures of many BIPOC peoples, including on the land that our institution is located. With this acknowledgement, we seek to continue the process of dismantling the ongoing legacies of settler colonialism, white supremacy, and other forms of oppression. We invite you to join with us in this work as we embrace our eighth principle. Thank you again for watching.
1: By the poet Stanley Kunitz. At 95 years old, he was named the 10th Poet Laureate of the United States in the fall of 2000, leading the New York Times to call him perhaps America's most distinguished living poet. The poem we hear today is entitled The Layers and speaks to the many complex and dreamlike ways we live and change. Here begins our reading. I have walked through many lives, some of them my own, and I am not who I was, though some principle of being abides from which I struggle not to stray. When I look behind, as I am compelled to look before, I can gather strength to proceed on my journey. I see the milestones dwindling toward the horizon and the slow fires trailing from the abandoned campsites over which scavenger angels wheel on heavy wings. Oh, I have made myself a tribe out of my true affection and my tribe is scattered. How shall the heart be reconciled to its feast of losses? In a rising wind, the manic dust of my friends Those who fell along the way bitterly stings my face. Yet I turn, I turn, exulting somewhat with my will intact to go, and every stone on the road precious to me. In my darkest night, when the moon was covered and I roamed through wreckage. A nimbus-clouded voice directed me, live in the layers, not on the litter. Though I lack the art to decipher it, no doubt the next chapter in my book of transformations is already written. I am not done with my changes.
0: A psychologist once told me that you know a place is home when you start dreaming about it. Well, since the pandemic began, I've been having lots of dreams about this place and specifically this day. The day we open our doors again to the world. These dreams usually come in two varieties occurring literally every few weeks. One is that I and our staff are back ready to reopen church. Everything is ready. You have the sound ready, the pulpit's ready, Sean's at the piano, Ember's with the kids. Toyal is poised at the back, ready to welcome people in. And no one shows up, it is empty. You all have vanished, forgotten about us, moved on. We are left as stewards of a hollow shell a building once full of life but now quiet thank you for not making that dream true the other recurring dream is close to the opposite everyone shows up and not just the congregation but whole crowds of people who we have never seen before either online or on zoom the sanctuary is packed to its absolute limits in the dream this is thrilling but then i suddenly Realize right as the service begins, I have forgotten to write a sermon. Or I did, but the printer isn't working, or someone stole my notes. Or I race around the building trying to figure something out. But I never do. And I hear the music starting, or someone else speaking, and I realize that I am done. There is no saving that situation. Sometimes I actually get up to the pulpit in these dreams, and I freeze because I have nothing to say at all. Thankfully, these dreams did not come true either. All of these dreams, though, every few weeks, the course of these last 19 months, they did have something in common, though. Each one presented our spiritual home as unquestioningly beautiful, wasn't perfect, It wasn't restored to its 1897 self, but it was always magical, sometimes grandly ruinous. One time, great dark gargoyles hung from the ceilings and rafters, towering over the pulpit and the chairs. Another time, we discovered a towering third balcony that led to a beautiful Zen garden on the roof. Certainly, these were anxiety dreams to some extent. Variations of what I expect most of us had about school or work starting up the year. Oddly though, I always left these dreams feeling happy. I woke up feeling amazed at the beauty and magic of this place. A place becomes a home when we dream of it. I found that dreaming about home is also an experience of finding love, and growing love of that place. Our imagination and our dreaming connects the real to the possible and makes a deeper and more tender bond. I haven't been the only person dreaming about Fourth Universalist. Several years ago, while visiting Boston, I met a man who grew up here, the son of a former minister. As we spoke, the Son began to reminisce about his memories, now seasoned over years. He shared how, as a kid, he would explore every nook and cranny of this building. How he would run around the sanctuary with his friends on Sunday morning, sometimes being scolded by the church elders for running too fast. How while his dad was in meetings during the week, he would venture into the far reaches of the basement where no one was allowed to go. I still dream about that place every few months, told me. I loved it. It was my childhood. It was home. His dreams connected him to his past, his memories, who he was, father. To a group of people who helped him become the man he was. His dreams, like mine, were a waltz between reality and imagination, what is, what might be. In every dream, he told me, I find myself in a hidden room above the sanctuary, right above the altar. He looked at me and asked, there really isn't a room up there, is there? He looked at me and I had to shake my head. I I don't think so. When I did get back, I asked our building folks to make sure. But their blueprints were conclusively negative. And yet I agree with the scholars and the poets and the religious prophets across history that know that dreams are a path to truth. Carl Jung said that dreams are a small hidden door, the deepest and most intimate sanctum Soul. You may or may not have had dreams of this place, like me and our pastor's son. If you have, I hope they were sweet and happy. I hope they made you feel more connected to us and less alone in this time of isolation and apartness. As A. A. Milne, the author of Winnie the Pooh, once said, I think we dream so we don't have to be apart so long. If we're in each other's dreams, we can be together all the time. I like to think that my dreams helped us, helped me feel like we were together. But my dreams also helped me realize that dreams themselves and this community share a tremendous amount in common. Our very nature here is dreamlike. This place gives us connection and togetherness. It is a place of the spirit, of hope, of love, of mystery and wonder. It too blurs the boundaries of truth and myth, reason and magic, reality and fantasy. It lays claims to the countless hearts, stars and endless stories, more than any one of us will ever know. The dreams of this place are in the memories of children like the pastor's son who grew up here, but they're also in the ashes of the intern members, the chapel and tower, who are given hope in life, knowing this would be their resting place in death, their home. It's in the neighbor who walks past each morning, maybe to their stressful job, grateful for a daily dose of stoic beauty. This is their home. It's the home of the man sleeping on the steps, having his own dream of home, perhaps somewhere far away, just glad to have found a place to rest that night. This is his home. It's in the visitor who came only once, but is comforted knowing we are here. It is their home. It's in the ancestors who loved and served this community, now gone and forgotten, as we someday will too. It is their home. This place is a dream because it is all of ours and none of ours all at the same time. It is always changing, amorphous, and blurry, yet it stirs in us some great feeling of relationship, connection, wonder. We see even in this who is here today. Every Sunday, people join across the world. They log in and out, and we don't know who they are. Yet they come and they join, and they find this place to be a home. Like a dream, the boundaries of this community are unknown. They're full of hidden doors and hidden people and secret stories we can only glimpse. Being a waste for so long, increases the potency of this place in our mythic imagination, in our wonderful unknowing. Returning to it is a pilgrimage, a merging of our dreams, our unknowing with reality. People who are here, ordinary meets sacred, what was once only in our minds and hearts, alive here, embodied in our physical. And yet we also know that this can be jarring because this community isn't the same as it once was. We come home, but home has changed. We see it in the building itself. You look carefully, the walls have been painted. Partially, they're still getting work done. You may wonder, why did we choose these colors? Who chose them? Who can I complain to about that color? talk to me. It's fine. (laughs) You may notice the pipe and drape is gone. You may notice there's art newly the front and in the chapel. This is not the same home that we once had. The congregation has changed as well. There are people here who were with us when we were online who will never be with us again. Aura, Anna go and don't, all join the ancestors, all we did not know could never say goodbye to. There were also those who moved away. Some of them may still be joining us online, but we will feel their absence here in person, we'll wonder where they went, what happened to them, and we will wish them well. And of course, there are all our new friends who are here. Some of you who have joined us from just being online, who we haven't met yet. Maybe you've been with us since the very start. We are all so excited to meet you. Maybe you just walked in and this is your first time with us. This is your home too, as much as it is for someone who's been here for 20 years. This has been a place for all of us and will be. Our congregation is more like a dream because of you because of that because none of us really understand who we are anymore i don't understand who we are i don't understand who all you are we have all changed so much the last 19 months even each one of us are not the same but this of course this is the way of homecomings. they are joyous are also poignant and sometimes bittersweet. We know this from the great stories of history and time, whether it's Odysseus returning to Ithaca, Frodo returning to the Shire, Israelites returning to the Promised Land, home is never as we left it. Those of us who have gone away from our hometown to return to them years later know this to be true. Pasts remain safe in our memories and our hearts. That is the only place it stays that way. We can't control or depend on it staying the same. I hope we, here we do not despair at all these changes or cling to the past for whatever it once was, though we can mourn what is lost, was lost change is inevitable, especially in times like these. The way forward, I think, is to embrace the dreamlike spirit of unknowable possibility. To Recognize that although we may be different, the heart of who we are of this place stays the same. The love that was real 19 months ago, same love. The community that survived on Zoom, same community. Our return is just a sacrament, holy. Friends, I am grateful to be back with all of you. I have missed you, I have missed this place, and the profound, prophetic, and beautiful life that this place is all about. I'm glad that we have kept so close the last 19 months and I hope it keeps us close, no matter what we keep dreaming about.
2: May it be so. It's great to be with everybody today. My name is Ember Kelly. I'm the Director of Religious Education here at Fourth Universalist Society, and I use she and her pronouns. Reverend Skyler, it's so good to be back together making these videos again.
0: It is. It's been a, been a little while, so great to be back.
2: It was an eventful summer and now we get to come back for this very uh, momentous, meaningful uh, service. You know, Homecoming Sunday. I was uh, working on the graphic for the thumbnail. I'm like, how do I live up to like this big moment? Like, what What can I do? Um, Nothing really uh, can capture the excitement of this moment.
0: It's true. It's been a long time coming. Um, Our first time back since the start of the pandemic in March of 2020. Um, Where we just sort of suddenly with I think on the Wednesday evening decided to go online and for many of us uh, in our community haven't been back to the building haven't seen anyone in person from fourth universalist. And uh, hopefully that'll change for a lot of people, uh, or has changed depending when you listen to this uh, on Sunday so um, it's wild Ember. I see you are you're filming from the first time in the church in the building in your office. Uh, so that itself is a change for this for this podcast.
2: Yes, you know, it's 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 definitely strange to be doing some of my work tasks actually from uh, a real life office. It's, it's hard to imagine. As I was uh, reading over the message, as I was thinking about uh, what to discuss, you know, the I've been working on the summer of like, cultivating a set of questions that I can ask everybody. And you know, things like, what inspired this message? What resources did you draw from? But as I thought about this message, uh, the, those questions didn't seem to quite resonate in the normal sense. I think, you know, what inspired this message does seem to be that it's this momentous moment, and the sources you drew from was uh, your your own thoughts. Um, is there anything more that you'd like to elaborate on in that in that direction? <laughs>
0: Well, I think you know I, I talk about my dreams in the in the reflection as as you know you know and all of you listening probably know. Um, I do think that there's a lot of fascinating scholarship uh, about about dreams, a lot of fascinating uh, religious uh, reflections, uh, writings, mythology around dreams. Um, I, I always I always think it sort of blurs the line between sort of fantasy and reality, and, and it's not necessarily that we have to take sort of dream scholarship particularly as uh, scientific. Um, I, but I think we can find it meaningful. And I think that's sort of the beauty of some of this work, religion and dreams included, which I talk about in this sermon. That both kind of walk this line between: is it is this really true, or does it does does it just create something interesting and dynamic uh, uh, for our lives? Um, and uh, you know, the work of Carl Jung, for example, and his archetypal psychology and the idea of the subconscious. I don't know if any of that is true. Uh, I don't think. I think science is a little bit uh, iffy on that stuff, but it still, I find, is a meaningful concept to uh, to frame some part of what it means to be human in the way that all of our categories are ultimately uh, fall short, but they provide insight. So uh, I love talking about dreams. I think they're really interesting. They're They're their windows into sort of our our minds and our feelings and our thoughts if we let them be. Um, But we also can't take them too seriously because there is some, I think some randomness to it.
2: Right, you know, I think, as you mentioned, there's so many, uh, like in in the different sacred texts, like dreams always play this, this very major role. So yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to have this message uh, centered around dreams. And, you know, as I was reading it, I was thinking about the fact that now that we've been doing the soft open, now that I've been, Coming back to the building at least once a week uh, for over a month now, uh, suddenly I'm finding myself having the uh, you know commute nightmares, the <laughs> um, something going wrong in the building dreams. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, those resonated already. Only you know five weeks into actually spending more time in the building, and it's it's quickly ingrained itself in there.
0: Yeah, I think old buildings have a way of capturing something in our in our inner inner heart and mind that that manifests in dreams and our imagination because because they're old and and they kind of reach back to a a primordial part in our mind but also part of the history just that you know we don't know all the things that have happened there right um and so that lets our minds open up to magic and all sorts of possibilities
2: it is. It is a beautiful building. I mean, so I thought we'd take a few minutes to just reflect on on this journey. I mean, I think we could, you know, someday lots and lots of ministers will probably be writing books about uh, the 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 journey of the the pandemic at, as in ministry. But I, you know, I figured we could take a few minutes to just kind of think about what this journey has been like. I mean, as we were preparing, we were talking about the fact that my First uh, email about setting up an interview and then my first interview were all within weeks of the first uh, initial decision to move online. And I you know when we, when we got to the end of the interview, you uh, said, "Oh, you know any other questions you have?" And uh, so I asked how things were going with COVID, and it was before the highest spike in New York. And so it was it was really interesting to to journey along with you even uh, as the interview process was was ongoing. Um, that, that was quite the time, and then to now imagine all these months later—18, 19—I think we're still up for debate on that one. Um, I'm trying to do my math. I feel like it's 18, but you said 19 in the in the draft. So March,
0: April, May, June, July, August, September is like seven months plus the year from September to September. That was how I calculated it, but I was never super great at math. <laughs> Well, someone listening to this, I <laughs> think one of us is not very smart, so View,
2: viewers and listeners, <laughs> please give a comment to let us know how many months from March uh, 15 of of 2020 to September of 2021. Let us know.
0: They're like, um, this is why they went into religion where facts don't matter. They do matter. We,
2: it's true math uh you know I, when i got to high school that was when i decided yep okay i'm done with math time to head towards studying religion <laughs> But but yeah, So i mean it's just it's really unreal i mean I'll, I'll admit that as i read through uh the text of the message that it was it was really it was really moving to like think about this to think about that we really are coming back and to um, even just reflect on the soft open, like, whoa, like, we're already, we've done this for two weeks, like, we're doing this, like, it's actually real, it's really happening. And it's, it's just kind of amazing.
0: It is. Um, and it's hard to capture uh, the significance of it, because I think it's so easy to just get caught up in the moment. Um, I'm Moments like this are, are moments that remind me of the limits of, of, of human consciousness that that it's hard for us to really comprehend just how different this last these last 19 months have been, what it would be like going back to March 2020 and, and realizing just how wild that was and and then being like, wow, this is this is now coming to some some major end or, or shift, hopefully to stay um, in our on a new hybrid model. Um, but hopefully our service offers people a chance to to do some thinking about that and kind of sink into the significance of it. Um, um, one of the most, I think, striking things for me is just thinking about all the people who are no longer with us um, who were here in March uh, 2020. Um, the, most, the most powerful you know, examples that are the people who have passed away, um, who, when we went online, who were alive and who were with us the week before and were excited to be there and um whose presence were integral to the to life of our congregation and and they just never will be back. Um and uh and how do we sort of honor them? How do we how do we mark that their absence is, is effect, affects us um even if we don't know them right if we just sort of know know them by by where they sat um or what they did. Um, um, because they uh, they were important, um, as well as people who moved away, right? Like that's big, too, right? There's people who maybe we saw and new, and those ones are just gone. Where'd they go? Um, you know, they moved. Uh, but we don't know. We didn't really have a chance to say goodbye to to people, but it's been a long time.
2: Right. And it's been uh, interesting, uh, you know, to have been here for a year and to even already just in the soft open, that I'm, I feel like I'm getting to meet new people because some folks that maybe just didn't have the bandwidth for being online or able to, are coming back now that we're offering in person. And it's just, it's been such a, it's, it's been a beautiful moment of reunion, even with a community that, you know, I didn't know before, in the before times, as everybody calls it these days. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it, it really is um, exciting. And I am looking forward to this year. So I thought we could take a little bit of time in this video to just kind of give people an idea of uh, well, what this year looks like. I mean, you know, we we've conveyed it to some level, like, hey, we're returning. Here's what our safety measures are. Here's what we're asking. But it's it's going to be different. You know, thing things are slightly different. We've discovered that in the soft open already, and you know, things they'll kind of be in flux as we go. You know, we we're, we're watching numbers. Do you want to, you know, talk a little bit about what we'll, just kind of a big picture of what that looks like?
0: Sure, sure. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. So, um, so obviously we, we were excited to return in person. Um, we have, like Amber said, we, you know, we have a great deal of, of procedures and policies in place to, to make it as safe as we possibly can. Everything from a mask requirement in everything to uh a vaccination requirement for staff and volunteers on Sunday, social distance seating in the sanctuary and in classrooms. Um, uh, we have QR codes, registration for people to come in. Um, coffee hour is gonna be in the park, not inside because you can't have your mask off inside because then you have, you know, if you drink coffee, you're eating, you gotta take it off. That's, can't do that, it's not safe. So we have to go to the park. I'd love to be able to go to the sidewalk but the scaffolding is still up. For a few more weeks, we hope it'll be gone by October. Um that's some, you know, there's a it's gonna feel very different. Uh it's gonna feel very different. People are gonna be spaced out. You have to register when you come in. Um, you everyone's gonna have a mask over their face. There's gonna be no uh co- no singing in this in the congregation except for soloists, no choir. Um, and so we'll we'll hear beautiful music from our music director, Sean, and and other musicians, but but we're not gonna participate because singing creates a vector for, uh, for COVID in a way that's it's quite, quite dangerous. Um, and these are all recommendations and, and policies that come from our denomination headquarters in, uh, in Boston um, and are, are acknowledged to be uh, grounded in science, uh, in, in medical professionals and health professionals' recommendation. There is a possibility that we have to return online entirely. Um, and, and so uh, one of the questions that we are asked Often is well. What are, what metrics are you using to um, to make the determination that it's now safe to go back, or when when do you decide that it uh, it's not safe anymore? Um, and so we have the number of metrics that we we look at. Um, there's a particular website that is particularly helpful called COVID Act Now that uh, measures the level of risk for different zip codes and cities and communities, and uh, and so we're monitoring that um, on a weekly basis. Uh, fortunately. Our neighborhood in Manhattan is very safe. The caseloads are are very low. Vaccination rates are very high. Um, Manhattan itself, as an island, is uh, better off than most of New York City, um, and is is considered uh, by most metrics safe enough to gather. Um, that's not true if you're in Staten Island or maybe you're in Queens or parts of the Bronx, but. Uh, but here we, you know, we're using Manhattan as our as our major indicator, and uh, and it's it's going to be safe. So so you're welcome to go to COVID Act now. Check out the numbers. When it says very high, it's an orange right now. It just says it's high risk. But but also we know that our neighborhood is pretty safe, and that's considered acceptable um, with with the 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 parameters of safety we put in place. If it gets to very high, we might have to go back online, uh, which is okay. This is a roller coaster of a life here. You know, you never predict things, never know. And uh, we survived online uh, before, and we'll we we'll do it again if we have to. But but hopefully, people get vaccinated. We'll keep on moving on.
2: Right. What I mean, and we with regards to this idea of you know maybe we might have to make shift, and then we'll be back and forth. May we we even already had a little taste of this with Hurricane Henry, uh, you know that literally a, a Saturday uh before our soft open that we had been preparing all of this work for and then we receive word of state of emergency declared and this hurricane might hit directly on to like uh onto manhattan and we should be prepared and having to make that decision at the very last possible minute of saturday and still being able to do that we pulled it off we handled the shift well you know we're we're prepared our systems are in place we've thought a long time. I mean, you and I have been pretty much talking about it since I started, you know, what does this look like in the future? And now, now the future is here. Um, and so we we are prepared. I know we talked about it. We've had multiple RE team meetings. We have a lot of uh, teachers and like um, public teachers involved in our uh, our program. And so they've given us advice based on what they're doing at schools and we're uh, looking at what the DOE recommends. We've been looking at the UUA's guidance, and you know we are uh, prepared for for safe classes. And but we're also you know asking our our RE volunteers and staff to really set a good example. You know, obviously as you mentioned, vaccinations, uh, but that you know we're making sure that we're wearing our masks, We're making sure that we're keeping the kids distanced. We're uh, you know paying attention to if we have any exposure and we're prepared for that you know do we we want to be able to to offer our full range of classes every week but we've talked about as a team that you know there is the possibility that we get a message Friday night saying one of our teachers or volunteers or multiple of them uh, have COVID exposures and we have to make a last second shift and we are we're prepared for this you know we're we're ready, and things are going to be strange, and it might take some getting used to. But uh, you know, I think we we got used to to the the Zoom ways, and we'll adjust as we encounter this multi platform uh, path going forward.
0: Yeah, we will. It'll be a, it'll be an adventure, um, but there's no reason why we can't. And I think a lot of credit goes to the staff and to the leadership of the congregation to to be able to. Roll with stuff as it comes, um, and and the congregation too for being willing to to uh, to trust us as we put things together because it's not it's not always easy and and we really don't know right like we don't have any more information about COVID than anybody else does we're just doing our best um, so um, a couple of things I want to note too as far as like changes in the space when you walk in on Sunday if you have already um, or if you haven't yet you know. There, it's, it will feel different uh, in a lot of ways. And this is part of what my reflection was on, that there are changes. Uh, you know, We're not the same people as individuals as we were uh, 18 or 19 months ago. We're not the same congregation. Um, you'll notice the pipe and drape is mostly gone. You'll notice that the portion of the walls have been painted and hopefully we're painting more. Uh, when scaffolding comes down, you'll notice that it's been, uh, been washed, the stone, uh, which will hopefully look better um and we have i'm going to screen share here if i can and i don't know if you have the chance to if i'm able to do that uh, i can we have a new art installation on in the in the sanctuary this is part of our eighth principle work bringing in diverse artists and voices to our space to to lessen the the uh uh through, I think, what some people perceive as sort of the the monocultural nature of our sanctuary, um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of white Christian men represented, and so we're trying to we're trying to change things around a bit and bring in bring in different voices and different experiences and different ideas, and so this is going to be up uh, for, for most of this year. We're hoping to have a rotating installation of light pieces in the sanctuary. Um, we're also going to have the chapel. Uh, the chapel is going to be. Uh, have different pieces of art, which we'll be, uh, which we hope you'll be able to see as well. So there's uh, there's lots of different things, and and you'll come into fourth you, and uh, and you'll feel different, and that's okay. You know, it's it's got to be it's an adventure, and you can have feelings about things, and talk to me and talk to Ember about it, and uh, we're happy to hear it and have to chat. Um, but um, but we we hope that this pandemic return is a way of us staying connected um, and uh, and growing together.
2: Definitely. I think uh, I can vouch that 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 art piece is quite beautiful to get to see uh, in person. I look forward to everybody getting to experience that uh, in the coming weeks. I'm curious how it'll also look on on the, the live stream version. And I suppose we'll we'll see that this week. Um,
0: That's the other thing, too. For those of you who are still on live stream, we have a you probably may have seen it already, but it's it's pretty great. We have three cameras. We have brand new speakers and audio, um, a whole light board up there, a whole audio board. Um Canning cameras. Um, We really hope that you'll be happy with what it looks like no matter where you're joining us from. Um, We know not everyone's comfortable coming in person yet, um, which is totally fine, but uh, we hope that you're satisfied and happy with um, the effort we've taken to make you feel like you're part of this community, even if you're not with us uh, in person.
2: Yes, most definitely. We uh, value all the different folks that are taking uh, a multitude of (laughs) of perspectives as we uh go through this return and uh yeah you know as you said we're we're here to talk to we're here to we're here to journey alongside you like this is we're we're doing this as a community, you know, we've we've put in our work as as leaders of the community, but you know, ultimately we're doing this together. And uh we we really look forward to doing this this journey together with you all. Reverend Skyler, it was great to get to sit down again for the first time in a long time for one of these so glad to be back.
0: Thank you, Ember. Yes, really great to be back. Really great to be talking to all of you too who are listening. I can't wait to see you uh, either in person or maybe we can connect on Zoom sometime.
2: Thanks, as always, to all of our listeners. Have a great day, everybody.